0: Salutations, friends! And welcome to another episode of uh, Nerdum and knowledge. 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 First pick for podcasts. Last picked in dodgeball. I'm James. I'm Jerry, and today we're going to be talking about role-playing games. Well, particularly our favorite role-playing games. You know, Jerry, in Russia, you
1: don't play role-playing games. Role-playing
0: games play you. You know, I've heard that before. I've heard that you guys don't know use dice. You put them up your butthole, and then you squirt them out, and they roll a number. No, no, no. It's not how it works. You must get a representative from Kremlin to roll dice.
1: Then they come back six months later, tell you what you roll.
0: That seems like it may take an awful long time for a game, then. <sighs> da, da. takes very long time for a game. One session can last five years. You know, that makes a lot of sense. You hear about all those D&D stories that last for years and years and years. You wonder, how. oh, they're even playing in Russia. That's, that makes sense. Duh. It's true. It's very true. <laughs> Why are we doing accents? We don't know. We don't know. It we just, don't know. It just, it's just one of those things. You're like, you know just, what? I want to hey, do an accent. You know today. what? As Steve
1: Martin would say, we're just two wild
0: and crazy, crazy guys. guys. And we're doing the, you can't see us, but we're doing the dance right now. <laughs> Go look it up on YouTube. You'll see the dance. You'll go, oh, that's the dance that we're talking about. Because some of you are probably too young to know what we're talking (laughs) about.
1: Probably.
0: No, but uh, we have decided today to share with you, our listening audience, our five favorite role-playing games. Okay, now, uh, this could be as broad as saying something like White Wolf. This could be as narrow as saying something as a specific book of a specific genre of D&D. Okay, we're going to let you find out when we get to that part of it. But before we do all of that, we have to say a special thank you to our show sponsor, Southern Defense Martial Arts, based in Rockingham, North Carolina. They teach children Ryu Karate for discipline and self-defense. If you're looking to get in shape for the rest of the last of this part of the year, or uh, if Get a you're,
1: jump on getting into shape next year.
0: Yeah, or uh, if you're tired of waiting six months for your fucking dice rolls results to come back and you want to go up to the Kremlin and, <laughs> and show them what the fuck is going on, for defense only, of course. You can check them out online, the website dot SouthernDefenseMartialArts.com or Southern com. You can also find them on Facebook under the same names, where you can purchase your own DVD to learn karate in your home for defense only, whenever you feel like it.
1: In Mother Russia, you don't learn shorin roll Karate. shorin rule Karate learn you.
0: So it studies you and learns how to beat you. Da. Yeah, that's, that's diabolical.
1: <laughs>
0: well played showrun around your karate well played <laughs> you win this one for now until next time I'll get you next time gadget next time
1: oh shit claws here Dr. Claus here holy fuck
0: yeah Oh, didn't see that one coming did you <laughs> uh, but yeah so uh, like thank you like a blind again. hooker she didn't see it coming no she never does
1: <laughs> I'm so bad
0: Sometimes. Like a doctor in a third world country, his patience was wearing thin. Ha
1: ha! Ha ha! <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Uh, yeah. uh, but folks, yeah, I, we haven't had one of these in a while.
0: No, no, I've got to do the other thing first. Oh,
1: yeah, that's yeah, right. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself, You're folks. You're excited? I'm sorry. It's okay? It's fine? I'm sorry, it's just... There's a very special thing coming up here in a few in a few minutes, and we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. But first, will be there. We were just talking about show and roo karate. So guess what? If you want more information about show and Ru karate, or if you want to find them a little bit easier, if you want to find out more about James and Jerry, if you want to find our Patreon, if you want to find our YouTube, if you want to find episodes to listen to, if, if you, want, you to...
0: want to know our cup size, haha, yeah. If you want to know our bust measurements, yeah. Uh, if you, <laughs> if you're looking to want to buy us a pair of shoes, one of our shoe size I'm like not, all that stuff not on there. Obviously, we're, just, we're just fucking with you. But the if, point is,
1: if you want to learn about our affiliates, us, the podcast, any, any and everything nerdman knowledge, how about that? Yeah, there you go. You go to the website, which is www.nerdmanknowledge.com. That is www.nerdmanknowledge.com.
0: Mowing down foes. (laughs) It's foe, foe. Make sure all your kids don't grow. (laughs) Yes, Uh, but everything you ever wanted to know about us and everything related to the show, you can find at that website, and you can find it with ease. So we have uh, not one but two surprises for you today in this episode. Uh, The first one is one that we haven't heard from in a while. Uh, and that one is the nerd, nerd nest. But da da da. James, take it away, my friend.
1: It is it is bittersweet to hear that sound, and I'll get to that in a minute. But, ladies and gentlemen, since we are talking about role playing games today, we figured we would add a role playing related item. We would. Now we've already added a set of fifteen dice. Yep. If you'll remember correctly. Now, we are adding a D&D source book. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. For D&D 5th edition, we are adding the adventure book, Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel.
0: Yeah, I actually have it in my hand right here. So let's read you uh, what's on the back of here. Through the mist of the ethereal plane shines the Radiant Citadel, a magical city with connections to lands rich with excitement and danger. Travelers from across the multiverse flock here to share their traditions, stories, and calls for heroes. The Radiant Citadel is the first step on the path to legend. Where will your journeys take you? This is a collection of 13 short standalone D&D adventures. Each adventure has ties to the Radiant Citadel and can be run by itself or as part of an ongoing campaign. So, yeah, there you go. Thirteen, basically, maybe one or two or three shots in this book for you.
1: And there are also some additional monsters and some additional information, so maybe even some additional source material that you can
0: use. Yeah. Ideas for stuff. The world is your motherfucking oyster, son.
1: Now, I know what some of you might be saying at that gift. You know, James, I don't have any D&D books. Well, you know what? Now you have a little bit of ammunition to use against your significant other to go, look, I got the adventure book. Ah, yeah. ah, huh, ah. ah. So why can't I just go get the Player's Handbook, the DM Guide, and the Monster Manual?
0: Yeah, or you can show up to your local game store with this book and go, Hey, does anybody have the source book? I want to run this. And then you get together, and now you've got a D&D group. And now you got all the books you need, and then boom, there you go. And now you've made friends. Yes, now you have your very own Waffle House. That's It's, it's an inside thing. Yeah. But, yeah, but but you know, folks, Jerry, we need the sad music. Yeah, we do. Hang on one second me. Make sure. Got to get over to the sad menu. Not a sad menu, just a sad song. Okay, here we go. I'm going to turn it down low so we can talk over it. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: that sound of me echoing saying the Nerd Nest is the last time you will hear that for a while. Unless I hit it by accident. But this is the last item we are adding to the Nerd Nest. Um, We are very close to triggering the giveaway, so we're not going to add any more items. And there is some other bittersweet news i have to announce uh due to various issues and problems Mm -hmm. we are going to make this the last nerd nest we are going to give away for the foreseeable future yeah now we may still we're still going to do giveaways occasionally we'll do a gift card something but we're not going to do like a big bundle gift
0: Long story short, it's just not financially sound. We can't right. keep putting money into a, a giveaway box when we don't have the listenership and the dollars coming in to cover it. So,
1: Yeah, and that's that's not a knock on you all. I promise you, I yes. swear to you, it's not.
0: We, we adore our listeners. We love you guys to death. Um, but that number has slowly dwindled, and with that number dwindling means less sponsors, and with less sponsors means less revenue um you know and so there's only so much money james and i can come out of pocket with to keep this thing afloat so we had to make a decision and this is a decision that we made
1: but we did want to add one more gift and then we are just waiting for the giveaway to be triggered which is very close to happening mm-hmm. and possibly within the next eight episodes possibly
0: who knows we we shall see
1: we shall see but that being said ladies and gentlemen
0: I think it's time for a commercial break. It is indeed. We're going to take a real quick break. We're going to step back, and then when we're going to come back, we're going to dive right into the meat and taters. Yeah!
1: Hey, folks, it's James. And Jerry. From the Nerd Nerddomen Knowledge Podcast, and we're here to
0: talk to you about IT Services and Networking, LLC. If you need a fresh install or just some upgrades to your existing network, owner-operator Will Clark has got you covered. That's right.
1: You can find them on the web at www.itservicesandnetworking.com. Or you can reach them by phone at area code 910-461-7145.
0: You won't find a better company to handle your IT needs. No, you won't. Yeah, and we're back. And we actually don't have a catchy title for this one because we're just here to talk about our favorite role-playing game. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, nerdum and knowledge proudly presents to you The greatest role-playing games of all time. Time, time, time. time. In our opinion. Opinion, opinion, opinion. 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 Please don't come at us and say, what the fuck were you thinking? Thinking, thinking, thinking. 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 Because like we said, it's our opinion. opinion. Opinion, opinion, opinion. It's a bit wordy of a title, but it works. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> Folks, you can't just keep coming out with zingers like me and Jerry do, mostly Jerry, and not eventually have the well-run dry.
0: Well, I mean, to be all honest, like, in all honesty, like, we didn't even think about making a title for this other than, you know, top five, our top five favorite role-playing games. Like, that was all we thought about. We were like, you know what, let's go with that. So, yep. yeah. You know, it's, it's easier when there's like a... Um, like a subject matter at hand specifically because then you can make a pun or play on words or double entendre or dirty limerick something like that to make fun of something but a little bit more difficult when you're just talking about role-playing in general so each of us have comprised a list of our five favorite role-playing games uh mine are in descending order of awesomeness I don't know if James's are in any particular order, so I will not claim to n- to have that knowledge. Uh, mine are in ascending order, from number five
1: to number one. Number one being the best.
0: Okay, then we are on the same page. So, sir, do you want to go first? or do You want me to take the reins? Uh, I'll let you take the reins. All right. So, my number five game, absolute favorite role playing game of all time, is a little ditty known as Vampire: The Dark Ages. Now, I know what you're saying. Like Vampire: The Masquerade is one thing, and that's fun, but. I really, really enjoy Vampire: of The Dark Ages, and I'll tell you why. Because anytime you are uh, like taking for like Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, the Voyage of the Demeter, that movie that just came out, uh, sort of kind of Renfield to a degree. Uh, any of the other like all your good vampire movies, like are, are 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 set in Victorian England and right in the Dark Ages, and it's you know like Van Helsing and all the the, the evil and the majesty and the courts and. You know, there's no technology, so it's much easier to, you know, circumvent people and, and you know, ma- maintain your cover uh, in a world where, you know, the most technologically advanced thing they've come up with so far is, like, heating the end of a stick, cauterize a wound. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Or um, leeches. Leeches, something like that, yeah. So, uh, in that particular setting, uh, you know, most of the classes are the same. Um, most of the mechanics are the same. Uh, there are a few different things as far as, like, um, your um, conscience and courage and stuff like that. They're, they're different. They're called, like, conviction and self-control, things like that, because they're not not a modern-day aspect. A couple of you different backgrounds. Uh, but, like I said, the main thing, the main good thing is the setting. It's yeah. just, it's so much better than the modern day. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a special place in my heart for the modern day. Uh, because that was actually the very second role-playing game i ever played but uh dark ages is like the banger for me it is chef's kiss it's
1: uh jerry alluded to this minute ago but i do i do want to really point i do really want to drive this point home about the dark ages i prefer the dark ages to uh the modern day vampire uh because of the whole fact of you know the whole thing about The masquerade is, you know, keeping up appearances Mm -hmm. and everything and hiding things from the mortal world, which is a lot easier in modern days than it would have been in the Dark Ages. Uh, In the Dark Ages, people very much so believed in witches and werewolves and vampires and mummies and curses and magic and all of that shit. And vampires. And vampires. So it was very, very difficult and challenging to hide yourself. It really was. So loved that aspect of the game. Definitely made for some better storytelling and some better fun. And also, you didn't have people asking about deagles.
0: Yes. And you also didn't have people um, wanting cars to do crazy shit, which we've alluded to in a couple of our D&D story time, well, RPG story times that we talked about. So yeah. you're not jumping a horse into a church. I mean, you could. It's not going to end well for the horse. Yeah. Yeah, just saying.
1: But, uh, yeah, great choice, Jerry.
0: Thank great you, sir. Choice. I appreciate it.
1: All right, so uh, I guess that means it's my turn yeah, then. Give uh-huh. it to us,
0: Big Daddy. Let's see what you got. <clears throat>
1: okay, so my number five is Aberrant. Oh,
0: that's a good one. That's my number four, actually. <laughs>
1: but um, Aberrant, so you heard, in the last time we did story time, you heard me and Jerry tell, uh, or actually two story times ago, mm-hmm. you heard me and Jerry tell a bunch of stories about the campaign that I was running at the time. Yep. With uh, Jacques, everyone's favorite, and at the same time, least favorite character. Yes. Uh, Stories about uh, Superman. I heard it's his cousin.
0: Yeah, Bob the Superman. Bob the Superman. Yeah. And Sal and his crazy shenanigans. He's fairly mundane shenanigans, really, other than like... Uh, Killing Hitler like three years, four years early. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that was a little out there, not going to lie, but, you know. Uh,
1: But um, the Aberrant game is really great. Uh, It actually was purchased by White Wolf and it was converted to the White Wolf system, which, I will grant, made it a lot easier Mm -hmm. player-wise because the old system, I played it on both systems it was on. The original system was great, but... The White Wolf system is just much more user-friendly, really in is. my opinion. And now, you can almost plug and play any... It's like 5th edition d mm-hmm. You can plug any game setting you want into that system and make it work.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, just for those of you out there who are staunch supporters of the D20-type game system, Aberrant does have a D20 version. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. But uh, all in all, I will say the fact that you have this unique uh, just array of powers that are really pulled from just about any superhero genre you can think of. It's not just like there's this, there's that, there's the other. You know, you could be a Marvel hero or a DC hero. There's powers from both of those universes and beyond. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, there's plenty of options for gameplay. Really are. Yeah. And character creation. So, yeah, Aberrant overall, number five. Yeah.
0: So since it was my number four, it was going to be my next? I'm just going to take a second to elaborate on this. There's not a human being on planet Earth. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. Uh, who hasn't like thought about the age-old question that gets asked to everybody at some point in the entire universe. And that's if, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Everybody's been asked that question or asked that question to somebody else. And then you have... Long philosophical discussions about why flight is better than telekinesis and why invisibility is better than, uh, you know, teleportation and, and all these different things. And then it all boils down to you say, well, you know what? Well, that's what I would want for me. Aberrant gives you the opportunity to live out that fantasy in a tabletop setting. You've always wanted to be able to travel from continent to continent in the blink of an eye. Well, guess what? There you go. Teleport or warp. You got it. Uh, you always want to know would be like to be Superman. You know, build him a little bit at a time, so nobody detects what you're doing until it's too late. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, you know, you could make Batman in that universe. Just give him mega stats. Like, there's all kinds of things you can do in that game. It really is tailor made and and molded so that you can make the character you want to make and and uh, live out that fantasy that everybody's always had. And so that, that's the one thing I love about the game. Because everybody's always wanted to be a superhero, and this gives you the opportunity to do so. So I will segue into my number three then, since my number four was your number five. So now I gave this a lot of thought, okay? Um, I could have just said Dungeons and & Dragons and left it at that and run the gambit of everyone I've played from original A, D, and D all the way up to 5E. Uh, I could have done that but I did a lot of soul searching and I thought about it. And my number three favorite role-playing game is D&D 5th Edition. Now, I know there are a lot of people out there in the world right now who are listening to this, who are older players, who are uh, you know getting ready to sharpen their pitchforks and their machetes, and they're thinking about grabbing a torch and coming after me. And that's fine. Okay, that's fine. But I'm going to explain my rationale to you. And if you agree with me, then great. And if you don't, well, you know, that's fine. Uh, catch me outside. How about that? That's all I'm going to say. So, here's what it is. Um, D&D 2nd Edition, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, uh, D&D 3.5, games like that, okay? (laughs) They were Dungeons & Dragons. Absolutely. The settings, the characters, the whole nine yards, everything was perfect, okay? Um, We have lamented on this show many times about Thacko and how difficult it was to figure out for new players, beginners, and things like that. With the sudden um, renaissance of Dungeons and Dragons, thanks to shows like Stranger Things, Critical Role, and podcasts and things like that, you got a lot of people flocking to the game right now. Okay, and I will say this uh, with all the courage and character I can muster: I believe that if AD and D Second Edition was the the edition that you had right now, and that was the one that everybody was flocking to, people would pick up that book, they would look at it, and they go now fuck this this is too complicated I'm not playing this game I'll just keep watching Critical Role or watch Stranger Things and that's fine but the simple is uh, user friendly um, it's easy to understand it's spelled out in black and white you only need seven dice you know rudimentary math skills not like you know fourth level calculus like you did to calculate Thacko okay um, and so the game now is so much easier and gets so much more access to people and players that I think this is the best edition that has been. I really do, because this is you could sit down with this book we just put in the Nerdness, Journey to the Radiant Citadel, and the Player's Handbook with a couple of blank character sheets and have the fucking time of your life. You wouldn't need anything else, and it would be amazing, and you would love it. Um, and so that's why I think D&D 5e is the best version, and so it's my number three pick. So
1: Okay, so... I'm going to rattle off two picks here, because Jerry's already up to number three. Okay, go ahead. So I want us to do one and one and two and two together.
0: Okay. So.
1: Uh, my number four pick is going to be Mage the Ascension.
0: Ah, that was my number two pick. Okay, go ahead.
1: Well, I'll... I'll God damn it.
0: Great minds. <laughs> I know,
1: right? Uh, I'll tell you what. I will hold off on... Me and Jerry will have a joint discussion at number his number two. Okay. But Mage the Ascension is my number four. All right. Okay. Now, my number three, my number three, may surprise some of you. It is a very new role-playing game. It is only. It is less than one year old. I am currently learning the system to run Uh, it for the group. Okay. Transformers,
0: the RPG. And yes, that is actually a thing. I have seen the book. It exists. It is glorious. Yeah, it really is. So, in this
1: game. uh, they've actually just released the expansion book, which I was able to pre-order for a sweet, sweet fucking discount. All the way from 50 down to 20 bucks. Thank you very
0: much. Nice. Because I'm that goddamn good, motherfuckers. While you're sleeping, this man's out here hunting for deals. That's what makes you different. Ugh.
1: <sighs> uh. You beg them to buy it at 50. I tell them they're selling it to me for 20. We are not the, the same.
0: same. No, I'm but seriously though, I got a sweet deal on the book. See, you adopted discounts. I was born, <laughs> born in the shop, in the sales department. I did not was, see a full price until I was already, already a man. man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But they just came out with a book that allows you to play Decepticons. Yes, when the game first came out, the only option was really to play an Autobot.
0: But now they have... Autobots are the good guys. Role-playing games face you know, factoring is a good guy. It is what it is.
1: But they have the Decepticon book because guess what our group wanted
0: to play? <sighs> All Decepticons. Yes, but apparently we're not allowed to be planets. Go fuck yourselves. (laughs) You can't be goddamn planets. No. Well, technically, he did want to be a planet eater. That's a little bit different. No. Anyway. That's okay. i will come up with the idea for the greatest Decepticon of all time. (laughs) I really, truly believe this is the most evil thing I could have thought of.
1: We will probably save that for another RPG story time.
0: Yeah, because once I start playing it, it's going to be great. I can't wait.
1: But, um... So, anyways, uh, a company called Renegade Games, Renegade Games, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later, has come out with the uh, what's called the Essence 20 system, and I'll actually talk about that a little bit later. But uh, the they have come also come out with other games as well, again, later. But in this game, they actually have uh, very similar concepts to what you have with Dungeons & Dragons 5e. You have, ba- you have something that resembles backgrounds, you have something that resembles races, and you have something that resembles classes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's very easy to digest, uh, real simple to grasp concepts, uh, real easy to adapt to if you're a and d 5e fan very easy to really fall into.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, once James started explaining the system to us, I was like, oh, you mean like, it's just like this? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, okay, that makes complete sense to me, so.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's actually so few differences, it's virtually 5e D&D.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, there's just some subtle
0: differences. Just, you're, you're substituting mechanical abilities for spells and, you know, um, different transforming abilities for class-specific abilities, that kind of thing. So.
1: And there are some different dice, but I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But, yeah. uh, the... The diversity you have, the options you have with this game, especially with the new Decepticon Directive book, which they've come up with, uh, the ability to play Autobots or Decepticons, to play, you know, counter-agents and spies, all of this stuff, it's just really adding up to be a great fucking game. The mechanics, the system, you know, the fact that you can actually, you have you actually have stats for the, some of the legendary characters, so you can actually incorporate them into your campaign, I really look forward to running this. I really do. Yeah,
0: did. I'm looking forward to playing it. Um, I know the rest of the group is too. So, uh, once my current adventure wraps up, which is probably going to be towards the middle end-ish of October, we'll be starting that one up. So, keep your ears peeled for it.
1: Absolutely. So, that was my number four and my number three, Jerry. All right.
0: Time so for your number two. So my <laughs> number two. <laughs> so uh, my number two is Mage of the Ascension, which was uh, James's number four. So we're going to do a, a, a duo conversation on this, right? Um, I played Mage for the first time uh, when I was in college. Um, I had stumbled onto a. Um, okay, I'm about to age myself uh, dramatically here. Everybody already knows how old I am, but this is going to cement it in stone. Okay. Back in the early days of the Internet, there were these things called chat rooms where you could log on online and then you could go, um, you know, sit to a chat room and just talk to people. Uh, Well, there was one on a website called Chat House. And in this this Chat House, it was a role-playing server where you could go and it was set in the world of White Wolf. Um, People in there were playing vampires. People in there were playing... um, you know werewolves and wizards and stuff like that and all kinds of different things that all different different kinds of crap and then there was one guy in there who was playing a mage and i was uh you know looking at the system and, and he was describing the things he was doing and i was like wait a minute it, it can't really be like this can it so I, you know i, I sent him a, a direct message and we started talking back and forth about it and he offered to teach me how to use the system so he did. Once I figured it out, I went and bought a book, and then we came back to the dorm, and then I had some friends there. We decided to play a game. The reason I love Maze of the Ascension so much is because I really enjoy a game where the system allows the players to really do whatever the hell they want. I mean, there is not a thing you can't do in the world of Maze of the Ascension that you thought about, like, Uh, you know, doing if you had magical powers, okay? Uh, For instance, I had a character one time uh, who was an assassin, and um, I would call people, and then when they answered their phone, the people who I was trying to target would kill, I could transmit myself through the telephone like an electronic signal and pop out of the other end of the phone and then kill them and then just dial my number again and go back to where I was, okay? Uh, the system allows me to do that because it's up to the uh, storyteller's discretion. Okay, well, if you want to do that, then you've got to use um, you know, this sphere, that sphere, and this sphere to do it together. And the spheres are like your, your magical abilities that you have access to, uh, depending on the level of them is what you can do. I had one character one time who was a street magician who was using actual real magic but he was just doing it in a way to make it appear to like just be sleight of hand type type stuff. Like think about like David Blaine on steroids. Like you've seen some of the crazy shit David Blaine's done. You know, think about like I make you pick a card out of the deck and then I tell you to hold it between your hands and without even reaching over and touching your hands the card's gone. You reach into your wallet, the card's in your wallet now. Stuff like that. You would assume there's a trick to it and you couldn't figure it out, so you can get away with a lot of crap like that. That's the second part of the system that I like, is that it's a a game that allows you to do whatever the hell you want, but if you start fucking with stuff too much, there is a problem. Uh, That, in this game, is called Paradox. So the more that you screw with reality, reality starts screwing back with you, and eventually you reach a breaking point where you've done something that somebody who wasn't supposed to notice, noticed. Like, you summoned a car out of thin air, and there was a mortal five feet away from you, and they saw the whole thing happen, okay? At that point, you have angered some very powerful beings. Known
1: as the Nathandi.
0: Yeah, they're going to come find you, and they're going to murder you, unless you have a very good explanation or a way to rectify the situation. Uh, So it lets you do whatever you want, but it also places restrictions on you. In that universe, it forces you to make good decisions, for lack of a better term. And I I really, truly appreciate that um, in a a game. Like with D&D, D&D lets you do pretty much whatever the hell you want, um, you know, storytelling-wise. And then, you know, there are consequences for your actions. And I appreciate that. But in Maze, it's like really... <clears throat> the ceiling in that game is limitless. Like there's nothing in that game you can't do, but if you go too far, you you're going to get put in check. And that's what I enjoy about the system a lot.
1: Yeah. <coughs> uh, but yeah, I love how how detailed you can be about pulling shit off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like um I was playing in a game one time and this this guy we were supposed to be hunting him down. He's a member of the technocracy. Uh technocracy don't like regular mages. So nope. they they yeah you get the idea anyways so he's trying to run away from us so one of our mages he uses entropy to rot a electrical wire like a street a street power line mm-hmm. he uses entropy to rot the line uh, he uses another sphere I forget which one it is to make it fly towards him correspondence correspondence thank you Yep. so uh, he also then uses another power to ignite the grass he's standing on.
0: That would probably also be entropy, maybe.
1: I think entropy as well. Maybe. I think so. Or, he no, what he did was he used entropy to rot the wire and to dry the grass out.
0: Ah, okay, yeah.
1: And the bush nearby. hmm And basically, when the power line hit it, it basically turned into a <laughs> fireball. That burned him alive. Yes. Now, in order to pull this off, the guy had to ask the DM, Is it breezy today? At all. I mean, at all. And the guy running the game rolls and he goes, Uh, the wind's actually blowing from this side of the road to that side of the road. What side of the road is he on? And the DM's like, God damn it. Roll. Fuck. Yeah. He's on, the, he's on the side of the road that the wind's blowing towards. Yes! God damn it, make your rolls. You miss one of these goddamn rolls, I'm going to have five Nathandy show up on you. And the guy was like, okay. He made his goddamn rolls. Mm-hmm. And I love the DM sitting there. He, To his credit... He fucking did a beautiful job of describing the scene, but he was not happy about it.
0: But, I mean, that right there shows you a perfect example of, like, you know, the kind of thought and the kind of preparedness you have to put into doing something in that game to avoid being murdered. Right, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. To avoid any paradox. Yeah. Because...
1: There's actually another element of this game where if you have enough paradox and you go into what's considered an unclean area or a tainted area, uh-huh. Nathandy will just show up out of no fucking where, even if you haven't done anything, because you have paradox on mm-hmm. you.
0: And there are ways to shed yourself of paradox so that you can get out of their attention, but it's not easy. So. No,
1: it's it's not, not <laughs> nope. easy at all.
0: But yeah, so Mage is my number two, James is number four. There you go.
1: Yeah. So my number two is... Real, real easy to sum up. Dungeons and Dragons. Whether it's D&D, whether it's AD&D. Not 3.5, though. Yeah. We're leaving that one off Path that Pathfinder's you
0: know. Yeah.
1: But 5e, yes, also. <clears throat> now, you heard Jerry talk about it earlier. Thaco. Thaco, okay, you didn't... First of all, you didn't need trigonometry or any of that other bullshit math to figure it out. It was complex. Yeah. But it was not... I need trigonometry and a goddamn... It didn't hurt, though. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) What I liked about the original ones, D&D and AD&D, what I liked about those is the tables that went with each stat. Like, it it created, like, very few questions. It left very few uh, questions to be asked. Like, how much can I carry? Uh, Your strength, there was a whole ass chart for that. Uh, Percentage chance for you to bend a bar, lift a gate, um, open a like open a door by forcing it open. All of that, all of those stats were laid out. Your intelligence—you could get a number of languages with your intelligence. Like you could know every language, every uh, what's called sentient race uh, language. You could know it starting the game, no problem. Um, if your toughness was high enough, you got a natural regeneration starting the game. If your stat was high enough or later on down the road in the game through stat increases, you could get a high enough regeneration, high enough toughness to regenerate. Um, but yeah, just in my opinion, it was the system that it had other than Thaco. Even I can agree. Thaco was a bitch other than Thaco. I love the old system because of those, uh, stat charts. And uh, another thing I hated about D and D and AD and D was psionics. Psionics was so goddamn broken in those earlier games.
0: It really was. Like if you were a psionist uh, or a mind flare or whatever, you just you just there's not anything. Do you, there's nothing. Can do against it would
1: you. take another psionic to stop you.
0: Just to show you how bad it is in D and D five e, the the psionics have been removed from the core book. Like they're not in. They're in other books you can find. Uh, but there's a. Uh, class barbarian, uh, and they have a uh, one of their things is Pass. You can take different paths. One of them is path of the totem warrior, and the bear totem in that uh, gives you automatic resistance to every form of damage in the game, except for psionics. You take full damage from psionics,
1: and that should tell you everything you need to know about how nasty psionics is. Yes. Yeah, it's it's not it's not if you want to if you want to play a psionic campaign, make all of your players psionics, or yeah. don't let any of them be psionics.
0: I'll be it's honest with you, too damn broken. Like I haven't looked at the psionics in the five e, like all that in the depth. I can't imagine it's as bad as it used to be, though. They've had to have put some restrictions. It, it, it on
1: may it. it may be better, but I don't. It's still too broken to me.
0: I think. It is. Uh, I mean, I'll have to look and see. It's definitely one of those things, and you're like. Somebody didn't put a lot of thought into this. Or somebody put too much thought in, it, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah.
1: All right. The number one pick for Jerry Tilly.
0: So um, I put a lot of thought into this. And what it ended up boiling down to is uh, I think it was uh, like when I heard about this game coming out or when I heard about the existence of this game, however you want to look at it, Like, I haven't been this excited to play a game um, in a very, very long time, okay? So, um, to give you a little bit of background information on this, years ago, I went to a program here in North Carolina called Governor's School. It was a six-week program over the summer where we get together, and it's like an academic thing, and I was in the French program, and like everybody there spoke way more French than I did, and so like it was... A struggle for me to keep up because I was only in French two. These people are like in French four, French five, and I just ended up getting into this program. Uh, so it, that that part sucked. You know, I was I was way never made on that. So I'm looking for something to do to like pass the time and get my mind off of you know being stressed out about that crap. And one of the guys who was like the RA of our building was like, "We're going to do a role playing campaign," and I was like, "What? What is? What are you talking about?" And that's when he explained to us that we were going to be playing mortals. And we were going to be going into Alcatraz uh, to infiltrate and recover some material there. Well, unbeknownst to us, uh, he had also went to another group of kids there. And we're like, we're going to be playing vampires and uh, you know demons and stuff like that. And so this group was also doing the same exact story we were doing at the exact same time we were doing it, just on different nights of the week. And then the final night that we played, all of us got together. And it was the humans versus the vampires and demons and stuff. Uh, needless to say, that there was a situation in the middle of that where my character got incapacitated, and I come to find out that I was a werewolf. Uh, that I wasn't aware of the fact that I was a werewolf. I was a Silver Fang Arun, which is like the biggest and baddest of the werewolves you can be. So when we ended up in this fight with these vampires, all the other humans died. Every other mortal was dead. I was the only one left alive because I was secretly supernatural. Even one of the other players who was a Dom Pierre that was unknown to me, he died. Because in the world of White Wolf, vampires, werewolves, you know, mages, and all that shit, like humans, don't stand a chance. Okay, just period, don't stand a chance. Never did. You were not going to play a mortal in that world and survive very long. All right. Uh, so then I get I find out about a book where not only do you get to be a a mortal in this campaign, but you get to be a mortal with abilities that are specifically designed to murder vampires, werewolves, mages, demons, the whole nine yards. And that game was called Hunter the Reckoning, which is my number one pick. Okay, And when I tell you that they went so far over the top with this game, um, even some of the level one powers in this game can stop like Elder vampires in their tracks. Like it's way too powerful for what it is. Can you say broken? Yeah, I it's you very can. Uh, There is a there's a class in this uh, called judges. Judges have the ability to uh, deem uh, a supernatural being to be worthy or unworthy based on, um, you know what they feel like they've done. The, the, the level one power that they get at this in this thing uh, i can speak a command to an undead or supernatural being or whatever and they obey it doesn't matter how old they are all i gotta do is beat their role and if i build my character right you know i could be rolling eight dice against their six i'm probably going to win that role so a five or six hundred year old vampire i tell him to sit down he's going to sit down like that's broken very broken there are other powers that let you copy vampire abilities as a hunter. I mean, it's 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 insane. But the best part about it is it's so much fun. It is. Because you you spend all this time in the White Wolf universe playing vampires and demons and running roughshod over humans and their cattle and their fodder. And, you know, you muddle in their affairs. And then you just think about the one day one of them like, you know what? now nah, fuck you guys and then stands up and now all of a sudden they've got powers it completely changed the dynamic of the white wolf universe yeah when they added that with the uh, with the humans that had now had abilities to be hunters because it went from just i'm a vampire hunter who's immortal and i'm just i got really high firearms and dexterity to now i'm a vampire hunter who also has abilities comparable to your abilities and I've got very high firearms and dexterity, so I'm a problem for you. I now identify as a fucking threat, okay? That's what I'm saying.
1: And you want to know how how, how much further it goes to Broken? <clears throat> you don't need a certain skill called Vampire Lore or Kindred Lore or Garu Lore or nope. Garu Werewolf.
0: Werewolf, yeah.
1: Uh Fae. Uh, you don't need any of that shit. You know their weaknesses automatically. And guess what? You have access to a particular hunter's market where you can go pick up wooden stakes, mm-hmm. silver bullets, wrought iron bullets,
0: whatever the fuck you need to deal with this shit, you can find it. And the absolute best part about that is, is that none of them can hide from you. Because automatically when you become a hunter, you can see... Vampires, werewolves, demons, fae, mummies, mages, changelings—you can see them now. It, like you can flavor it however you want. Like there's like a a black haze rising off of them, or like when you look at them, like you see a glimmer of the demon or the beast inside of them or whatever type thing. You can flavor it however you want, but you can readily identify them. It's like one of the base first powers you get for being a hunter, and so they can't hide from you. No matter even if they've got. Uh, supernatural abilities to do so. You can ferret them out very easily.
1: I may have to run a Hunter campaign for y'all. Yeah.
0: I, I need to play, like, we need to do some Hunter sometime. <sighs> I need to find that book. I tried to buy it a few, a couple of years ago. It's very expensive right yeah. now because uh, it is out of print. So yeah. maybe I can find a PDF somewhere and download that and, and get that. But, yeah, Hunter, in my opinion, was the absolute bet. Like, I was never more excited to play a game than I was to play that one, and it did not disappoint. So that is my number one.
1: Very good. So before I get to my number one, oh, before I'll, we got I'll, to my I'll, number one, I, I, I said I was going to talk about something a little bit later. Renegade Games has what's called the Essence 20 system. Now, there are a few differences between it and the 5e D&D system, but not many. Uh, as opposed to six stats, you have four. Okay, that's number one. Uh, number two is you still have skills. But you get skill points equal to your stat level. So, like, if your stat is a 9, you get 9 skill points mm-hmm. to spend any way you want in the skills that are listed under that stat. Now, here's the second Here's the second part about it. You have what are called essence dice for your stats. Like, if you have a skill at 1, your essence dice is a D2. Mm-hmm. At th- At 2, it's a D4 then it's a d6, then it's a d8, then it's a d10, then it's a d12. d12 is the max. Now, you get to roll a d20 plus your essence dice in the skill for a skill check.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So you roll a d20 plus a d8, if it's a d8. Let's just use that for an example. Now, if you have a specialized skill, like uh, one of the skills is interrogation. Now, let's say under interrogation you have torture, as a specialization. If you're rolling to torture somebody because you're using a specialization, your your essence dice, we're calling it a D8, you don't roll a D20 and a D8. Because it's a specialized skill, you roll a D20, a D8, a D6, a D4, and a D2. And are you ready for this? If you get a natural 20 on any roll, it's an automatic crit. If you specialize or if you have a skill, you can crit if the eight or the twelve. Or no, even if you're just rolling a generic skill, you still only crit on the twenty, on the nat- on natural twenty, on the twenty. If you're rolling that specialized skill, you can crit if you max out the twenty, the eight, the six, the four, or the two. You roll a max roll on any of those dice, any one of them, and you have a critical success. So nice, yeah. So in some ways, it's a little not quite as good as d d but in other ways, it's so much better. Uh, now, the other thing I wanted to get to about Renegade, Renegade Games, and the reason I want to mention them, is because they're uh, also, White Wolf got rid of a lot of their properties a few years ago, and a lot of their older books went out of print, sadly. Guess what Renegade Games did? They picked each and every goddamn one of them up. Renegade has White Wolf. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade they have Vampire of the Dark Ages they have Werewolf the Apocalypse Werewolf the Wild West they've got Mage the Ascension Changeling the Dreaming all of them mm-hmm. they picked them all up and on top of that they have Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the tabletop game and G.I. Joe the role playing game
0: a real American hero G.I. Joe is there
1: yep So, uh, Renegade Games, big shout-out to them. Uh, Unfortunately, they're not affiliated with the podcast. Please change that. um, Give us money. We love you. We would love to have you as part of the show. But, uh, seriously, though, (laughs) folks. Yeah, Renegade Games, got to give a big shout-out to them. Now, Jerry...
0: James Allen's number one role-playing game choice is... And the award for best role-playing game, as determined by James Allen, goes to... Warhammer! No, I'm kidding. Ah, Warhammer! Ah, no. I, I like right. Warhammer. I like Warhammer. I, like I never it. played it, but it looks fun. But,
1: uh, seriously, though, uh, I know a lot of people listening to this podcast probably already know the choice, if you know me. Earth Dawn. Yeah,
0: I knew it was Earthdawn, <coughs> yeah.
1: It's the game I cut my teeth on, other than D&D. I just really took to that game. Uh, I love a lot of the different aspects of it. Uh, first of all, it's what's called an open-ended system, which means whatever dice you're rolling for a specific roll, if you roll the maximum result on any one die, you get to keep the result and re-roll that die and keep going.
0: Yeah, that shit can get out of hand, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, if you're just rolling a D4 for something, you could theoretically roll a 101 on something
0: you could like even at a first level like you could potentially if your dice rolls that like if you're hot you could kill something much 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 higher level than you yeah it's it's how our our group came to have their own uh floating island with a dragon's head on the front of it one time in a game yeah 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 it can happen but um i love a lot of the different aspects of the game uh
1: there's uh you have what are called name giver races there's eight name giver races well technically nine with additional books but there's eight name giver races basically and then you have um you have this uh group from another area called um thera and uh Basically, long story short, Thera wants to enslave the Bar safe because they feel they're entitled to, and that's a whole nother story in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly fighting the threat of, th- threat of Therans. Then, because of the wide open space and so much dust des- uh, destruction that's been done, you have raiders, you have bandits, you have outriders. Um, then there's another threat called horrors. Yes, and that is it. It sounds like it's just boring, but it's not. No. It's not. There's so many different options. You still have evil tyrants, evil barons. Uh, You still have people that are fighting for power in certain areas. And there's so many more just uh, diverse options. It's a medieval-style themed game, so you have you know axes and catapults and uh, battle axes and long swords and short swords and daggers and spears. You know you have all of these different things, uh, which you know, again that medieval renaissance theme always appeals to people. Mm-hmm. But uh, the open-ended system is what they call the heroic system. Yeah, you know, it's designed to where even a you know, it's the David and Goliath. You yeah. know, on any given day, somebody can beat somebody. You know, I love that aspect of it. Um, just all in all, I think it's a great game, and the uh, magical item system. It to me, a lot of people don't like the magic item system. There, I love it because it's restrictive. It doesn't let magical items get out of hand. Mm-hmm. In my opinion,
0: that no, works out good. And I would like to add that the like the the mythos and everything in this uh, universe has been so well thought out, oh and so God. well written, like it's it's in depth and it and none of it is wasted nonsense. Like it all matters to the whole story and the overarching narrative as a whole. Uh, if you like,
1: if you'll let us know, we may do an episode about the mythos of Earth Dawn and yeah. explain the system. And we could definitely and everything do
0: everything for you. Absolutely. Uh, it's a, it's a worthwhile listen because it's a really good story. Hey, maybe that's another series we could start doing, like we do the the mythos behind the role playing game, like the whole the full story behind Vampire the Masquerade, Werewolf the Apocalypse, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. If you're interested, let us know. We'll do it.
1: Yep, we can make it. We'll make it a whole ass. We'll make it a whole ass goddamn thing. Yeah, we will. It'll be a whole motherfucking thing.
0: All I right. You. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's our top five list. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed them. Maybe you agreed with them. Maybe you didn't. If you didn't, drop us a line and let us know. What was your favorite role-playing game of all time? Why are we stupid for the ones we chose? Or if we mentioned a game that you didn't know
1: existed, especially the ones from Renegade Games.
0: Renegade Games, are us. Yes, we need money, please.
1: But if you want to hear, if you want to learn more about some of these games, drop us a line. We'll send yeah. you some resources.
0: Hell yeah. We'll let point you point know. you in the right direction. We're here for you. We are. Help us. Help you. okay? Help us, help, help, us. Help, you. help you. Help us help you. Help us help you. Yes. Okay. We good? We good. All right. Cool.
1: All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for today.
0: It does indeed.
1: But, you know, tune in next week. Uh, we're going to do a very special character spotlight, one that you probably weren't expecting, but yeah. when you hear it, you're going to be like, yeah, this needed to happen.
0: Yeah, he, he, he needs a little bit of um, encouragement, I think, is the word I'd use.
1: Actually, he just needs some love. He really does. But we're, we're going to get there. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for this week. I am James.
0: I am Jerry. And, and we, we are First Pick for Podcast and Last Picked in Dodgeball. Ball. Catch you guys next week. See you then.